Warning! This podcast is different from other podcasts. These episodes contain dangerous choices, perilous tangents, and unwavering silliness. The choices made on this podcast may lead to success or disaster. But remember, you are responsible because you choose to listen. Good luck. podcast where three grown-ups try and beat a children's book. I'm Ian. I'm Chris. I'm Mark. And today we're reading uh, book number four in a four-book series, it looks like, <laughs> called Sherlock Holmes's Solo Mysteries. Uh, this this one is called The Crown of Versus Dr. Watson. Who is Dr. Watson? <laughs> <laughs> and if he's not Sherlock, why isn't Sherlock a doctor? Is he bad at school? And like, how can you call it solo mysteries if he's still got this fucking Watson guy hanging out with him, right? Right. Or does he? Is he in jail already? Is this a solo mystery because all of his allies are in jail? Maybe it's a Jekyll Hyde situation. Uh Uh-oh. Like Sherlock Holmes is like the evil uh, alter ego of Dr. Watson. You never see him in the same place. Maybe by the crown, it means like his head, right? So it's like Sherlock's brain versus Dr. Watson. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But Dr. Watson gets to use his whole body. (laughs) Dr. Watson is what Sherlock Holmes calls his dick. <laughs> Chris, yeah, it's uh, he's going to make he's going to make an emotional mistake. How disturbed would you be if you discovered that your best friend named their penis after you, though? <laughs> yeah, that does raise some questions. Um, Sherlock Holmes, from my very uh, limited exposure to Sherlock Holmes, uh, seems like somebody who might name his penis. So he could ha- so he could talk to them. Right. He might not realize he's talking to his penis because he's mm-hmm. so hopped up on opium and just lonely mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're just mixing together a lot of uh, sort of detective media uh, tropes here. Oh, you think it's Dick Tracy who actually named his dick? Oh, he names his he, Dick Tracy names his dick Sherlock, which is funny. <laughs> he named it Flat Top. Oh, boy. You guys remember <laughs> that Warren Beatty uh, Dick Tracy? I've never seen it. I know it exists. Oh. Well, it used to be called Arrowhead, but then Hammer Town got involved. I, I, I got involved <laughs> with Dick Tracy. I'm sorry. Wait, hang on, you guys. Wait a minute. Hold on. Chris just did the bravest joke I've ever heard in my life. And that is, he engaged so deep with the media of something he, I think, doesn't know what it is at all. At all. And I know there's, like, there's a watch involved. Uh-huh. That's pretty much it. Yellow, like a yellow, yellow coat, coat, yellow hat. But that might also be Curious George. I, yeah, I'm not entirely... <laughs> The gumshoe in the yellow hat. The crown versus <laughs> Amelia Bedelia. Yeah. Oh, you guys. Amelia Bedelia versus Miss Frizzle. Old Miss Frizzle, not new Miss Frizzle, because she looks weak as hell. This has got to already be an epic bat- rap battles of history. It's like got to right? 2007 or something. And I think probably Amelia Bedelia wins because she is the least competent and she'll like goof her way into winning. I don't know how that works in a rap battle, but okay. You think she just, um, Miss Frizzle disqualifies herself somehow? Oh, I don't know. The rap battle, the, uh, the, those epic rap battles of history never were really about rapping skill because both of the combatants seemed very uh, adequate. It was mostly about the story that they could concoct. Yeah, it was. It's a thing that happened on the Internet. We don't need to belabor it. Yeah, we don't need to talk about it. We were doing so well. So well. These books look like first blush, sort of fighting fantasy, um, but with maybe stuff that's less fighting and more about social encounters. So now I see why Mark might have picked it. 
Well, there's that, but then there's also the whole, like, you have an actual character sheet and also, like, three whole pages dedicated to you writing down clues and deductions. Oh, my God. And, like, it even keeps track of your money in four different denominations. So this is one of those where we're going to be, like, way over our head and just fucking winging it, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, my fuck. Boys, uh, there's four different types of money. Yeah, that's what you said. They're all the same kind. They can't be different kinds of money. You guys are also missing out on the full gatefold map page that we have. There's so much map. Yeah. This is this is a book for very serious game bookists, and we are not going to be that. Pounds, pence, guineas, which feels uh, kind of <laughs> derogatory. Well, I mean, calling someone a slur is a currency in its own way, really. <laughs> so you guys... Uh, a guinea meant an amount of one pound and one shilling or one pound and five pence. Oh, it's that easy. One pound and one shilling has uh-huh. its own name. Mm-hmm. That's like there being a dollar and also a separate unit of money for a dollar and one cent. Like, yeah. Why? 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 Uh, specificity. OK, let's move on. Yeah, let's uh, take a look. Pause at this map real quick. It's a map. It's a whole map of London. And uh, I think all three of us were in the room last time we looked at a map of London and Sherlock Holmes shit. Oh, yeah. We played that game. Yeah. Where you just read the newspaper and then lose. I don't know <laughs> what that game's exactly. Yeah. About. It's like you took 37 tries and got the wrong answer. Sherlock did it correctly in six. It was like, all right, well, fuck us, I guess. Yeah, cool. There's also there's another one that's like that, uh, except for it's um, the book is actually um, of mice and men. And you win if you don't back into having your best friend execute you. <laughs> okay. It's like a fictional character. My point is that it's a fictional character and fuck them for trying to make us feel dumber than a fictional character. For sure. So do we want to read anything in this section titled An Introduction to the World of Sherlock Holmes or we all pretty well got the gist of Sherlock Holmes from the 13 adaptations that have come out in the past decade? I think start with an introductory note. Okay. Is Sherlock, um, is he famous for his fighting skills? Does he have fighting skills? Robert Downey Jr. version is. Oh, I did like that one because I thought it was very fun and fast. I do remember that movie. I forgot it until right now. Uh, Lucy Liu version might as well. I've never seen it, but she was in Charlie's Angels. So is that the TV one? Is she on TV? Yeah, it was definitely a TV show. I think it was called Elementary. Uh, That's just very clever. It's so clever. I don't get it. It's it's a thing that he says. It's his catchphrase. Oh, in elementary, they say that a lot. It's so clever. <laughs> I'm going to start reading the book. Okay, Mark, that's so clever. Just call it Lady Sherlock, you know? <laughs> the, like, I, I'm not trying to do math when I get off work and watch a TV. Sherlock is the surname. It could still just be Sherlock. Yeah. Just call it Sherlock and have it be a modern cop drama. Time out. Starring... Ian, do you believe that Sherlock is the surname? Yeah, Sherlock's the surname is, 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 is called Dr. Sherlock. Oh, boy. He's not. Yeah. Oh, boy. And Holmes Watson. I thought. Never mind. Never mind. Let's back up 10 pages. We need to read the entire basic knowledge of Sherlock to Ian. It's called it's Sherlock Holmes, which is the housing project that Sherlock came from. Mm -hmm. He he funded it with his money. And that's where he lives. 221 B Baker Street. That's where Sherlock's Holmes is. An introductory note. In this case, the player detective is a former Baker Street Irregular, capital I, who, inspired by Sherlock Holmes, acquired enough education to become a detective in a small way himself. Fuck, it's the plot of that game we played at Chris's house. Uh Yeah, this is going to go equally as well. All right, so we're not Sherlock, we're amateur hour. Ian, you better start, like, girding your heart 
because there is going to be a paragraph later in this book where it's just like, you stupid fuck. You stupid, <laughs> stupid fuck. You, we gave you six options. You yeah. picked the worst. Sherlock got the right option in like one move. Sherlock did the wrong option just to just to prove that he could and then came back and still did the right option. And you still you fucked up. It's you. You're yeah, I remember that piece of dog shit that you stepped in on the way to the wrong clue. Wasn't yeah. dog shit. It was Sherlock yeah. Holmes shit. I know what you're thinking. He did a poop there to get you. Yeah. Instead of following up on the gun that was used to do the murder, what you should have done was follow up on the tobacco found in the pants of a guy you were talking to. <laughs> you, you stupid, dumb idiot. You How moron. come he didn't reach in his pants? Sherlock Holmes reached in his pants. He didn't even see it. He got sleight of hand. Anyways. Is Sherlock Holmes David Blaine? Just real quick. Is Sherlock Holmes David Blaine? He's Chris Angel. <laughs> oh, mind freak. Mm-hmm. Chris Angel is the surname. Sherlock is the first name. Sure. No. Wait. Okay, well, in, in that case, well, so that's a fun, that's a fun modern take. The case is set in early 1894. Two and a half years ago, the player read the shocking news of Sherlock Holmes's death in an accident in Switzerland. News confirmed recently when Dr. Watson published the story, The Final Problem, which described the circumstances of Holmes's death. That's the, that's the Reichenbach Falls. And then uh, that's actually Arthur Conan Doyle did use that opportunity to stop writing Sherlock Holmes and then came back like 10 years later. Yeah. Well, he's got to get that money. It's Sherlock's Black Album. I don't get it. You wouldn't. Is it a, hold on, is it a <laughs> Beatles joke? It is not. Okay. Although, there is a Beatles mashup entitled The Grey Album. That's with Danger Mouse. That's right. I know that. You know, you know two-thirds of this mashup. <laughs> I know the Adult Swim album. I know that uh, Danger Doom album. You have a pocket knife, a notebook, a pencil, and 30 shillings and four pounds in cash. Fuck off. You may now begin your investigation. Enter these items on your character record. Good luck. The game is afoot. So you can't use your hands unless you're the goalie. I understand, and they call it football. I'm ready. Roaming London, one brisk winter morning, you decide to stop at a store operated by Wiggins, former chief of the Baker Street Irregulars, and read the morning papers. <laughs> Wiggins! Your old leader and friend greets you cheerfully, then points to a story headlined on several papers. At his urging, you read several accounts of a murder in the Three Continents Club. Mm. I wonder which three continents, and also, probably it's racist, right? Uh, it's it's, gotta it's be, British, right? right? So, yeah. Yeah. While no arrest has been made, Dis Inspector Alec MacDonald of Scotland Yard reports that the police are pursuing their inquiries carefully and an arrest can be expected shortly as soon as the police have verified all aspects of the case. Nice. Nice. You sigh a little. They would probably have the killer behind bars now, Wiggins, you say, if Mr. Holmes was still with us in London. Perhaps, he answers, and perhaps not. One of the mates on the force stopped by and told me something of the case. He said the evidence points like a knife straight at Dr. Watson, Mr. Holmes's old friend. In a case like that, Mr. Holmes might not have wanted to find the proof to send his best mate for a date with Jack Ketch. Okay, real quick. Jack Ketch is a Pokemon trainer? <laughs> not. Nah, he was an infamous English executioner. My mate says the evidence was so convincing that he would have been arrested by now, except that Inspector McDonald refused to do it. Uh, Ian, whatever you're sending me, I'm not going to look at it. I'm busy reading a book. It's a beautiful portrait of Jack Ketch. He's very <laughs> handsome. You guys should look at it. He looks like an Edward Gorey painting. <laughs> After talking for a few more minutes, you return to your lodgings. There, you are amazed to find a note from Mycroft Holmes, brother what? brother of the late detective. Yeah. Yourcroft Holmes? 
Our Croft Homes. My Croft Homes. Uh-oh. Wait, did he open a competing housing project? Brother of the late detective asking you to visit him at his rooms in Pall Mall, which is a brand of cigarettes? Sure is. Yeah, the cheap ones. The really gross ones. Naturally, you hurry out to answer his summons. You're just such a fucking fanboy for this guy that's been dead for two and a half years. Yeah, like, you can't dick ride this corpse anymore. Jesus. Get your own thing. But you can still hang out with his brother, you know? Yeah. Hmm, do you have any Sherlock clothes I could wear for, to get in the zone? God, I wish we had some Sherlock clones. Yeah. Mycroft himself admits you to his rooms. He is a large, heavily built man. In spite of being much heavier, you could see a strong resemblance between him and his late brother Sherlock. Jesus Christ. We've, mm. we, we, he, he's nice enough to let us into his house, and we're, just, we're yeah. just sitting here thinking, God, you're fat compared to Sherlock. We do say all this out loud. We say all of this out loud <laughs> because we model ourselves after the Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlock. That's right, and we, we don't care at all for social graces. <laughs> nope. We're here to intimidate and alienate, that's all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hmm, interesting. Tweed suit, fat, 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 fatty, <laughs> fat, 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 hands, fat, ankles, fat, neck. <laughs> <laughs> Striking likeness to a fat Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> it's like the fifth time you've met him, too. It's just like, why do you do this every time? I'm sorry I haven't lost weight. <laughs> he thanks you for your prompt response and explains that renovations in his offices have been necessary for him to take a few days away from his work and the gym for the government. <laughs> just so busy, just so busy. He then introduces you to his other guest, Inspector Alec McDonald of Scotland Yard. Much less fat, markedly less fat than Mycroft Holmes. <laughs> Alec McDonald, like a, like a slightly fatter Sherlock, but not a really fatter Sherlock like how Mycroft is. Stupid tie. Has a stupid tie on. Don't like his tie. <laughs> Something about his mustache reminds me of insects. <laughs> so you want me to look into the Milton murder? You say boldly, hoping to make an impression on the men. You might be right, Mr. Holmes, McDonald laughs. The young man's technique puts me in mind of your brother. It was, it was hardly a brilliant deduction, Mycroft answers. As, Fatly. <laughs> as every newspaper in the city reported that you were the officer in charge of the investigation. But why did you want me, you ask? If I read the papers correctly, you expect to make an arrest shortly. I do, lad, and more's the pity. McDonald answers. Less fatly. Less fatly than Mycroft, who is very fat. Right, and answers things very fatly. Wait, who the fuck is less fatly? <laughs> well, he's a, he's a blues guitarist from Mississippi. <laughs> he's in the room too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's very quiet, but he's going to play all the musical stingers. Uh, Mr. Donald believes that the evidence points to Dr. John Watson, Sherlock's old friend and comrade. Mycroft interrupts. I find it difficult to believe he would commit murder. And for the sake of my brother, I want the case investigated by an independent pair of eyes. By which I mean his best friend from before he died. Yeah, super best friend. You got, you've told us how often he's been your best friend forever. Certainly, sir, you answer. I understand the killing occurred in the Three Continents Club? Aye, it did. Not two blocks from where we're sitting, the inspector answers. Uh, there were not many men in the club last night. Only a few kept in the city by business. Four of them spent the hours after supper in a game of whist. Care for a game of whist? <laughs> Want to play cards? Whist specifically? <laughs> My wife just been disemboweled by Jack the Ripper. Whist. Whist. He said wistfully. Oh, it's so sad. Do you think if you you think if they cry onto the cards they're playing you with, and then you win and you get their cards like in marbles, that it it says like tear stained whist card? 
I think the instant the, the teardrop hits, you have to slap the card and then it's yours. Yeah, like in war. Yeah. Wait, that's not how war works. I don't know. I don't understand card games. That's why I don't like Gwent. It's not because I don't think Gwent's fun. It's because I don't understand the concept of card games. When Dr. Watson and Mr. Marshall won a decisive rubber with a slam in the last hand. What the fucking what? British words? Uh, are they playing pogs? Are they doing pogs? Because I know pogs. You got to slam them with the slammer. Won the decisive rubber, which mm-hmm. doesn't mean condom. Right. No, he won the decisive condom with a slam in his last hand. So, like, yeah. Oh, you know, clearly the game of whist is jerking it, jerking it. Yeah, you just you get two bones, pop some connies on them, and you slap at each other until <laughs> someone passes out. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a sounds like a perfectly reasonable game to play in the con- three continents club. It's a very British game. It's yeah. very very British. Yeah. The Sertanans accused Doctor Watson of cheating, saying he must have learned the finer arts of card playing in his days in the wilds of America and Australia, which I guess means cheating if you're super racist. Yeah. Well, Dr. Watson is no man to take such a suggestion, as you may well know, and he shouted at Sir Terence, accusing him of cheating many a man through his crooked companies, which is not strictly relevant, sort of an ad hominem attack, but he did it. Right. It's not a denial. Yeah. I understand that Dr. Watson lost a considerable sum when Sir Terence's latest company, the Ivory Coast Mining Venture, failed. I thought the whole thing was made of ivory. I was wrong. (laughs) Brings back just a boat full of dirt. He's like, well, guys, (laughs) fuck that one. Brownest ivory I've ever seen. But, uh, (laughs) you know, it's should should sell. Right. Is there a line in America, the beautiful about golden something? Mm -hmm. That's the joke I wanted to make. Yeah. Uh, Amber waves of grain. No, but those are amber. Like you're going to go get those unless you're trying to bring back dinosaurs. No, Amber, Amber was, uh, there's the Amber Room in the Castle of the Romanovs that was wildly expensive. Amber is the color of your energy. <laughs> there it is. Okay. Anyway. Come, my lady, come. <laughs> That's a different band. That's Crazy Town. You, you absolutely, you cannot tell me those are two different bands that is the same band the 311 is not crazy town chris you're gonna lose our last couple of fans <laughs> chris, I'm, I'm with you on this one you can't get those two bands confused oh my god the guy from crazy town's an insane person 311's <laughs> like a whole movement the crazy town is just the song butterfly right well satanas answered by suggesting that if dr watson had spent less time showing a certain singer the sights of london and more studying the prospectus he wouldn't have mistaken a high-risk venture for a safe and sound investment. But that was all he said, and fucking none of it was material to the question of whether anyone had cheated at Pogs! Yeah. <laughs> Pogs is a slippery game, man. It attracts a per- particular crowd. You slam the stack with your slammer, and however Pogs <laughs> explode, that's how many Pogs you get. Pogs never changes. <laughs> Wait. How the fuck is Pogs a game? You just stack up cardboard tokens and throw a thing at them yeah and then if it if they flip over if they flip over onto their face or their back or they flip opposite of the way you had them that's the one you get to keep it's like marbles it's just like lazy marbles god damn i cannot believe that was such a big thing it's pretty wild i mean but for a short window right like i think it was shorter lived than beanie babies yeah that that fire burned twice as bright but it was over like in the summer of 1997 that was the pogs time for dr watson 
put his fist between Sir Terence's eyes at this point and stretched him on the carpet. Which is also, I assume, a figure of speech and not just a weird impromptu massage. That's how you finish the game of Whist. (laughs) That is the the last move in Whist is to lay someone out on the carpet. Right. Stretch them on the carpet. Um, Just real quick, in case you ever wondered, did the fast food restaurant chain Hardee's give as a kids meal prize a series of pog stackers that do form the Saturn V rocket? The answer to that question is yes. I mean, that's awesome, but 100% of my pogs came from Dave and Buster's, so those are the ones that I know about. Ooh, I had pogs that my friends would make from pogs makers. Oh, you had poor friends. Yeah, I had one, I had one cool friend. Oh, man, I like my parents refused to buy me pogs, except the one time I tricked them into getting me Chick-fil-A, and that came with like five pogs Ooh. and a slammer, and then I had to build my collection just purely from pogging. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's pretty badass. That's an, that's an American success story, Chris. That's like some bootstrap <laughs> shit. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's a real rags to riches kind of thing. It's like rags to riches and then back to rags like 30 minutes later when the pogs become worthless again. Right. Chris built this stack of pogs in a cave with a bunch <laughs> of stuff he got from Wendy's. Oh, what's that about a woman? Mycroft asked. You didn't mention one before. Ugh. According to his friend Marshall... Watson has been seeing quite a lot of one of the singers performing at Prism Hall in Piccadilly. Not, nothing wrong with that, of course, because it's heterosexual. The doctor's right. wife died more than a year ago. He's been just dicking down left and right. <laughs> but frankly, disgusting. Man, the man, the man is run by his penis. Mycroft nods heavily, the only way he knows how. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fat nod, fat neck. <laughs> You like you look down at the guy's uh, like notepad, and it's just the word "fat" with a <laughs> fat, verb. Fat, 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 fat verb. Yeah. Fat verb. Yeah. <laughs> fat nodding. Sherlock always said that Watson had the expertise where women were concerned. <laughs> Apple, apples and oranges, my friend. Apples and oranges. Sherlock doesn't need women in the same way that Watson and normal people do. You must investigate the scene of the crime and interview the witnesses. But go on, Inspector McDonald. Continue your description of events at this club. God, Mycroft has to sit down and, like, he's got to get some oxygen. Yeah. It sounds like he needs some oxygen. He's got, like, a, a, a handkerchief that he's constantly dabbing his extremely sweaty face with. Uh-huh, uh-huh. From the exertion of a whole paragraph of dialogue. The words are just oozing from his lips. Mm-hmm. Yeah, God. He uh, catches his breath, reaches back into the bucket of fried chicken, and... It's, yeah, it continues to indulge. Would anyone else like a little Debbie? A game of fried chicken, gentlemen. My kid just died. Yeah. So, so we moved on from like shaming the narrator for fat shaming to just straight up fat shaming is the thing we're That's doing. That's not true. Mycroft is a caricature. Okay. But the specific way he's a caricature is that he's very fat and we're making fun of him for it. Yeah, we're walking a fine line. In the game of fried chicken, you either win or you die. <laughs> You're either a wing or a thigh. <laughs> ah. Watson went up a little later and sat in a billiard room to have a drink and settle his temper, or so he says. <laughs> That's pretty English. Yeah, settle your temper with more alcohol. I think settle your temper means, like, fucking punch the guy, right? That'll settle yeah. it. <laughs> get, get ready for it. He left the room about 9.30 and a servant went in immediately to fetch the empty glass and tidy things. The servant found Sir Terence lying in the corner with his head smashed in. 
He ran screaming into the hall, the other members rushed in, and they summoned us. Oh, boy, am I ready to be done talking. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, it looks like there's going to be less dialogue uh, later. Yeah. No more dialogue in the whole book. Yeah, none, none, none. You're good. After this, no more dialogue. Bye, dialogue. What's the weapon, Dr. Watsons? You ask. No, anyone in the room could have used it, McDonald answers. The killer used the poker from the fireplace. Sherlock would have already solved this. Yeah, Sherlock's, Sherlock's already, already it solved it. He's in his grave, rolling in his grave, just like, idiot child, moron, moron apprentice. Rolling Fat. in his grave like, opium! Give me opium! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and what does Dr. Watson say he was doing in the room for the half hour he was there? He says he just sat by the fire, drank his brandy, and read a newspaper, McDonald answers. He claims that he was shocked to realize that there was a dead man in the corner for the entire period of time. It's a pretty fucking bad alibi. Yeah. I just didn't notice him. (laughs) Okay. The next line is amazing. You nod, trying to think of holes in this argument. It's just airtight. I mean... Hey, what the fuck is the Three Continents Club? It sounds like just a big living room. <laughs> is it just a big living room where assholes are? Like you have to put up with other assholes? I think you're thinking of the Three Couches Club. Well, I th- I'm assuming that London is a lot like New York in that if you want to spend time with more than two other people, it's not happening in your living room. <laughs> so you have a club or whatever where you could like uh, you have like a public space that's semi-private. It's WeWork. Yeah, it's WeWork. WeWork, for- but for lounging. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, fellas, there's our pivot. We work for lounging. <laughs> if you ask McDonald more questions, please don't turn to 159. Nope. Otherwise, <sighs> otherwise turn to 443. Let's solve this mystery. Woo. With enough information to begin your investigation, I guess, you thank Mycroft and McDonald for their time. To lend some authority to your investigation, McDonald gives you a letter of introduction asking all who read it to cooperate with you. And pass the letter on to ten of their friends, or they'll have terrible luck. As you pull on your coat against the chill of the winter air, Mycroft stops you with a motion of his hand. He's a witch! Uh-oh, yeah, that's too much power. There's one other matter you should consider carefully, he says. Obviously, you should see Watson first, but you might also want to see Dr. Christopher Marshall, a good friend of Watson's. It may be wise to interview him before you visit the scene or talk to other witnesses. Where is the galaxy? What is that reference? Uh, it's the uh, Vincent D'Onofrio bug character in Men in Black. You just sound a lot like him. Ah, okay, thanks. Ah, uh, d- don't do that. Wasting no time, you hurry to Dr. Watson's residence in Kensington. Oh, that wasn't even a choice. Yeah, it said, like, you might want to consider doing this before Watson. And you're like, cool, bro, I got it. And you just sprint away from him, like, fuck <laughs> off. Yeah, you're getting spit all over my face. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got my plans, bud. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, no, thank you. Bye. Dr. John Watson is the personification of the typical Englishman, a solidly built man with a thick neck and a strong jaw, but also he's a hobbit. Mm-hmm. His study is a comfortable room with easy chairs, a snug fireplace, and a glass-fronted bookcase. So... Easy chair, right, is sort of like a like a overstuffed lounge chair kind of a deal. But it seems like since everything else in this list is adjective paired with noun, mm. like snug, snug fireplace, glass-fronted bookcase, easy chairs. Like, these chairs are not difficult. You can sleep with them with very little effort. 
these chairs are just so loose with their morals and their and their and their sexual wiles. Look, fellas, when I first got into chair making, I wanted to make a chair that was easy enough for people like me to use. I'm not just a judge; I'm also a mom, and the last thing I want to do. <laughs> Regular chairs got so many legs. You spend all your time cleaning and moving the chair legs. Try my easiest of chairs. With only one leg, and that leg is also the seat and the back. It's one piece. Do you ever go to sit down and forget what you were doing before your ass finds the seat? I know I did. (laughs) Are regular chairs just labyrinths of pain and misery? (laughs) Answer me this. How many times have you been trying to sit down in a chair, but then accidentally you slam your solar plexus right onto the back of the chair because you (laughs) tried to sit down backwards because there's just too many sides to the chair? Have you ever tried to pick out a chair and accidentally killed several dogs? No more. Probably. How about this one, smart guy? What do you do when you're done with the chair? Huh? What do you do with it? Fold it up into a neat origami paper crane? That doesn't sound too easy to me. With we sit, you don't have to own the chair at all. <laughs> That's it. You don't have to own a chair. Just whenever you want to sit down, come to we sit and, and we have a corner for you. And you can just sit in it. for, for, for You won't be able to see your living room TV from that corner, of course. But fuck it, I guess. We might have one. Yeah, someone may bring one. They'll probably be watching CSI, but, you know, CSI's okay, I guess. Do you love that scene in all the movies with uh, sort of insane asylums where there's the one room where everybody wanders loose and kind of also watches the TV? Uh Uh-huh. That's what We Sit is. Welcome to We Sit. (laughs) And some of them are playing Connect Four. Uh Uh-huh. But, like, you look at it closer and it's, like, Connect Four with all the wrong pieces or something like that. It's Connect Four, but, like, they've somehow managed to spell out help with just that much resolution. Right. It's Connect Four, but it's like pepperonis. Ooh, spooky. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> you get that grease on the plastic, it's not coming off. Yeah, you want to know what's spooky? It's a Connect Four that you got meat grease on and you can't Ugh. wash off, okay? Good day, sir. Dr. Watson says warmly, I remember you well from the days when you assisted Mr. Holmes. Now, we're, now we have been his assistant before? Well, what can I do for you? Inspector McDonald of Scotland Yard and Mr. Mycroft Holmes have asked me to investigate the murder of Sir Terence Milton, you say, beaming triumphantly. Yeah, uh, Watson, Watson collapses. Please read my letter of big boyhood. <laughs> they pinned a badge right on my chest, son, that's bleeding. They, they gave me one pound for lunch. Or a guinea. They gave me four shillings for lunch. Got, Shilling, right. Got a per diem. I've never had a per diem. Wait, what's a per diem? Is that like 10 shillings? No, I mean, it dep- it, it, what, is, what is Scotland Yard going to fork out for our player character? You know, mm-hmm. what's a meat pie? What's a Mrs. Lovett's meat pie? I don't know anything about English. Uh, yeah, I'm going to need a, uh, a receipt for this collection of fish and fries that you've jammed into an old paper. <laughs> you just turn the paper in. It's, uh, it's Hot Pockets, but they call them clom dumpers or something. Now, that sounds like a that sounds like a pejorative. No, it's Hot Pockets. They, they just call them pasties. <laughs> like that's uh it's, it's a thing we reinvented pasties clom dompers is what people in london call the welsh sir <laughs> <laughs> terence he answers surprised i thought last evening that mcdonald was ready to hang me for that no he was dead has he changed his mind well i did know he was dead i was informed that he was dead i was hanging out with him for six hours the entire time of which he was dead then i discovered <laughs> he was dead and also was there yeah. For like for like three hours, I thought, you know what? He's exceptionally polite this evening, and I just let it. I just let the matter lie. I didn't want to rile him up. What a listener! I thought, what a sparkling <laughs> conversation. Do you realize 
how utterly self-involved I must be. This has been a real eye-opening. Yeah. <laughs> I felt bad because I was with a dead body, but I felt worse because I wasn't really listening anymore. He said, you answer carefully, that all the evidence pointed to you, but he hoped I might fight something he missed, which sounds pretty fishy from like a police bias standpoint. Uh-huh. Oh, the brother of the best friend of the guy who's, yeah, yeah. inadmissible. Mm-hmm. All of it's inadmissible. <laughs> If you ask him to describe what happened, 359. Otherwise, that's our choice, 573. Yeah. Jesus, like... I kind of like just doing the otherwise every time so that we like... We're going to invariably lose this book, so we might as well just get to the ending, which we also aren't going to do. Would Sherlock Holmes talk to people? No, he'd notice like 16 different types of dirt on windowsills or whatever. Uh-huh. Chris, it's fun you mentioned that because it looks like we have a mechanic on 573 where essentially we get to guess what kind of dirt's on this windowsill. Did you know Sir Terence well? You ask Watson. Can you remember how you heard of his venture? I had told my friend Marshall that I was looking for a good investment, and he told me that Sir Terence was putting a company together. Marshall was very upset that the investment turned out badly. Check clue E, turn to 332. Louie. Oh, I think it means check as in put a check in a box, not go look at it. That makes more sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a random number table, inexplicably, on page 91, or on, you know, on the last page. Of yeah, page. as if pick a number is just like a thing you can't do with your brain. Uh-huh. Your curiosity spurred by Watson's careful comments about Sir Terence, you wonder what he really felt about the dead man. If you ask his opinion of Sir Terence, 256, otherwise, 361. Otherwise, gang. I think if we were a Sherlock Holmes, our catchphrase would be, otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> we're not conventionally smart, we're otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Are we going to follow this line of logic, though? Because there's a lot of otherwise. This is really, I think it's really funny. I mean, <laughs> if we don't, we just get bogged down in like we, yeah. whatever side conversation, right? Stupid narrative. The, ex- the exact sort of cross-examination that Ian hates. Yeah. Sherlock wouldn't need it. My guess is if we go to these pages... Then the out of that page is just the otherwise page that we could have chosen. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. It's just an optional encounter. You remember that Sir Terence had mentioned Watson's relations with some woman in their argument. Do you ask or otherwise? <laughs> otherwise. <laughs> 232. <laughs> Woo! Why learn anything? <laughs> Learning is for lesser beings. We are the reincarnation of Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, we'll find like an old snake skin that yeah. molted halfway through the murder or some shit. Now, okay, I, I do want to introduce a caveat. If the option is not boring and chat-based, but instead obtain snakeskin, I would like to obtain snakeskin. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Yeah. The thing is, like, we already have been given this writ of deputyhood where we can just condemn people to murder and they have to believe us. We don't need to collect evidence first. Nope. Oh my god, we could kick off a French Revolution right here in Britain. The Queen did it! (laughs) Yeah, Uh uh-oh, hey guys, whoops. You decide that it would be less than tactful to ask Watson about the lady, but wonder if he has any theories about who killed Sir Terrence. If you ask him about it, or otherwise. Otherwise. (laughs) We don't need hit. We don't need. Oh, yeah, right. Good try, murderer. We don't need the murderer's opinion. What's happening in this conversation is that Watson just answered a question, and then we stood (laughs) and stared at him, (laughs) thinking of questions, not asking them, thinking of questions, not asking them. (laughs) We're just sitting there and then quietly going, no, (laughs) no, no. As you leave the doctor's house, you ponder your next action. Remembering Mycroft's advice, you go to visit Watson's friend Marshall, but you find he is not home. Hmm. From his house, you go on to the Three Continents Club, 176. Get to find out what the fuck that's about. 
Yeah, please. I just want a rundown of like what they do because all I'm thinking of is that 50 Cent song. You can find me in the Three Continents Club. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm into having sex. I ain't into making love. <laughs> so come give me a hug. God, what a shitty lazy rhyme. Yeah. Uh, but also, that song has like a really good beat. It's got a lot of extremely uh, homophobic lyrics in it. So I'm, yeah. I'm going to vouch for the beat and nothing else. The beat is very good. That's the trouble with co- contemporary music. We forgive. I, sometimes we forgive the, the music for its beat. Like every single DMX song, pretty much, is just like, okay, this is fun. We're getting hyped up. And then it's just like, man, he's really going on about how much he dislikes gay people. Okay. <laughs> Yowza. Yowza. <laughs> oh. Wow, I guess he's gone through some real personal growth recently. Ugh, man. (laughs) You come to the Three Continents Club, located on a street leading off Paul Mall. And then you arrive there. No. (laughs) Ian, you gotta do the joke when it works, okay? Listen, if I don't keep sharp, I'm gonna forget. From your knowledge of the city, you decided that it was once the London residence of some nobler gentleman, probably sold to the club when the costs of modern living began to strain inherited incomes. Wow. The city is so gentrified that, like, the... Old rich cannot afford to live here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> On seeing the letter from Inspector McDonald, the servant who answered the door leads you to the office of John Strickland, the chairman of the club. Uh, it's not so. It's not just a living room. It has a fucking chairman. Oh, I mean, that's what a club. That's all a club is. It's a living room with a chairman and a chair. Now, does he do chair? Is he chairs? He's the man of the chairs. Uh, it's more like a Mad Eye Moody situation. He's got like seventeen chairs strapped all over him. Uh, he's like a, a tiny chair in his eye. And he just throws him out. Chris, I don't know what, which, how far into the Goblet of Fire you got. Zero minutes. They're terrible films. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, very, there's very little in the way of chairs. There's that last fan just like, well, I fucking tried. <laughs> I see that you are here to investigate that unfortunate affair of last night, he says. And you could tell he's not overly pleased. Then why you think you could find something that the police missed, I cannot say. Not knowing about the police's, like willful refusal to investigate the crime (laughs) after a word with a servant strickland leads you up a side stair to a small hall with two or three rooms on each side small hall small hall paul mall paul hall small mall the paul mall small hall sad maps paul malls (laughs) (laughs) paul malls are an an imperative part of sad maps i think you open that map like the glove box and it just smells like stale paul malls and you're just like, oof, you know what? I might as well just close my eyes while I drive. <laughs> <laughs> the chairman tells you that only the billiard room, a small study, and the corner lavatory are used. A constable stands in front of the billiard room, but he lets you in when the chairman shows him McDonald's letter. Okay, I know these jokes never work, and they're more observations for me and you guys in the moment, but the chairman tells you that only the billiard room, comma, a small study, and the corner lavatory are used right <laughs> so like the it's not really a room for billiards it's actually a small study and a corner lavatory somebody like knocked out the wall so you can see the toilet and like there's a pool there's just pool balls on the floor i get the impression it's just like a room with bookshelves and also a pile of shit in one corner mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> the corner billiard, lavatory. the billiard room yeah uh, well billiard is actually english british english for uh, uh toilets the poop room dropping an eight ball <laughs> <laughs> That's why you get, because if you drop the cue ball, if you scratch the cue ball, that means you'd like drop the toilet paper roll somehow into the toilet mm-hmm. water and you fucked up. Also, their toilets have like eight holes in them. You have to call which mm-hmm. pocket your mm-hmm. poop is going to go down. Yeah. And everybody else gets out of the way 
to the other holes. And if you're wrong, then you just shit on somebody and that's very bad form. The billiard room is a smug place. Nope. The billiard room is a snug place. That's probably also very smug. We are in Victorian England. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a private club. Yeah. Yeah. Smug as fuck. Easy chairs flank a large, slutty <laughs> fireplace facing a sofa that stretches diagonally across the middle of the room. It's legs spread. <laughs> Listen, you do whatever you want, fireplace. Just be safe about it. We're not here to judge your lifestyle. We just want you to be safe. Mm-hmm. The billiard table fills one corner with cue racks and other equipment near it. But no whist set. No whist set. This room is suspiciously whistless. Where do you keep the sloggers for whist? <laughs> Give us the rubbers. Give us the whist rubbers. A cue lies across it, though the balls do not appear to have been broken by someone actually playing. If you checked clue C, which we didn't, but we could pretend we did, or otherwise. Welcome to Otherwise City. I kind of want to know what clue C was. You know, like it's going to be like, what ridiculous thing did we deduce that we're going to get to use here on billiard ball position? Uh, you'll find gray matter matching Sir Terrence. <laughs> this brain t- that tastes exactly like the brains of, Saint, of Sir Terrence <laughs> that you've eaten earlier. Uh, 273 is fine with me. I don't give a shit. Let's look at that clue. All right. Pretending to have gotten a clue that we didn't get because we ignored Dr. Watson. We're the best. We're the best. One of these days, we're going to back into one and they're going to punish us like they do on Choose Your Adventure books. Yeah. They'll be like, there is no clue F, you dickhead. Go to jail. You walk over to the little table and look around. The table itself is nothing out of the ordinary, but you can see the outline of the body chalked on the floor beyond the billiard table. It's really easy to not notice it, right? It's so easy to not notice it. Uh, well, I mean, we did have the lights on when uh, Mr. Watson was in the club. No, no, no. I mean, I think I, I think I, I think I've investigated as as well as can be investigated, and uh, mm-hmm. he definitely didn't do it. I think it's a it's a solid alibi. Case and, closed. Uh, yeah, yeah. Case ooh, closed. Oh, hey. Ooh, what's your name again? Because it sounds like it could have been you. <laughs> what was? Hey, Chairman. What's your? That's what I fucking could you, thought. Could you give me that letter that uh, the police gave you, saying that you're like an official detective for murders? Um, cause if you don't have one, I do have one that you can't borrow. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. You'll never catch yeah. me alive. And he jumps out the window, which is a third story window, but he lands on all the chairs. He has tapes to his body. So he just is uh-huh. sitting comfortably on the street. When you look down at the window, it's really hard to notice when people have chairs taped to themselves. It like never comes up in conversation. Not yeah. organically. No, Mm-mm-mm. I was hanging out with a guy for six hours. He had tears taped to him and also he was dead. I didn't notice. You know how like it. The moment you meet somebody who has chairs taped to them, that's the time to talk to them about it. Oh, yeah. After that, it's like, how do you bring it back up? You know, right. like, yeah, yeah. You've, you've got to be like six drinks in and be like, hey, man, I've always been meaning to ask you. I feel so weird about it now. Oh, my God. Because we've been friends for months. Yeah. Right. How does your dad die? Uh, yeah. I mean, why do you have chairs taped to you? <laughs> it's so weird that I was at your son's christening, but I've never asked you about why you're covered in chairs taped to you. If the table were knocked over by Watson while he was in the room, he certainly would have seen the body. Turn to 275. I'm looking at 275, and uh, fellas, I think this is just going to be... I mean, if we weren't cheating, this would just be five minutes straight up, but the book just being like, did you do the thing in that conversation? No? Okay. Well, otherwise... Okay, I'm happy to otherwise through it at this point. Yeah, let's otherwise... Let's see what happens if we otherwise all the way to, like, uh, the end of the book. Okay, so you wonder what secrets the billiard room might hide, otherwise 459. I will not be judged, Sherlock Holmes and the Crown versus Mr. Watson. Yeah, I'll win by doing nothing, or I won't win at all. Realizing that the club was once a private house, you wonder whether there might be a secret exit somewhere in it. You know, like in all, like in all private houses. 
Such an exit might help to clear Watson. If you search for it, or otherwise. <laughs> so we, we literally can either search for something that might clear our guy, or just not. That's right. We're going to just not. 422. Okay. You decide that it's not worth the effort to search for a secret exit, which might not exist. You try to think of how you would hide in the billiard room. Looking around the room, you wonder whether a man could hide successfully behind the floor-length window curtains. Well, not if he's dead, he can't. Anyways, otherwise, no. 350. <laughs> We're just not doing any investigation. Well, so here's the, here's the fun thing about this one. If you ask Strickland to hide behind <laughs> the floor-length window curtains, and, and remember that this whole case hinges on John Watson not seeing a dead body. Mm-hmm. So, like, you don't really have to hide that hard. If the dead body was in that room, the killer could have just been in that room. You decide that Strickland is already so irritated that it would be unwise to ask him to do anything that might have said any more. Turn to 583. Now we're just standing in this room, breathing heavily and staring <laughs> at Strickland. <laughs> Are you, you're, you're sweating, sir. Are you okay? <laughs> no. <sighs> you're turning into a Mycroft. Oh, No. <laughs> Having given such attention to the room, we sure did, you decide to look very carefully at the billiard table and the area around it. Though impatient with you, Strickland at least admits that this search makes some sense. Uh, fuck Strickland? We are definitely accusing his ass. You look at the outline of the body without discovering anything of interest because you're a bad detective, then look over the billiard table with great care because you're a bad detective. <laughs> well, you love billiards. You hate, you hate detective work. You love billiards. Deep in one of the pockets, you find a very odd scrap of paper and also poop. It has a string of numbers across it with only one or two odd words. All right, so 209. Oh, God. Okay. So is it, is it just some letters and random words well, so like it promised? It's a grid, uh, and in most of the grid cells are numbers of no more than three digits, but in some of them are words, and the words are when, if, me, why, and safe. So that <laughs> gibberish. Uh, well, you know, as you guys know, we're all very, very good at solving mysteries together and, uh, especially logic puzzles. I think Mark actually might be good at logic puzzles, but like I am not. And I think between me and I feel like Ian and I have an energy that does not lend itself well to logic puzzles. No, logic, logic puzzles, problem solving, rational D- thinking. doesn't matter how good you are at logic puzzles. No one wants to fucking listen to you do them on a podcast. Extremely true. Unless you are the Hey Real Real podcast, which very much is just that. I can't do it even off of a podcast, you guys. I can't do it with pencil and paper in front of me. Yeah. You tell Strickland that you are finished examining the billiard room and now wish to interview members and staff who were present at the time of the murder. Nodding in agreement, he leads you to a small office on the first floor. A desk and several comfortable chairs make an ideal place for interviews. So there are in this world easy chairs and comfortable chairs. (laughs) Not in this world, in this chair club. In this room, yeah. How many people were in the club last night? You ask, wondering how long the interviews will take. (laughs) Good. They got our number. (laughs) Sure was. (laughs) Hey, listen, guys, there's a whole paragraph here and we could read it or we could just skip to the bottom where it says otherwise turn to 352. What do you think? Uh, Well, we're just going to turn to 352. (laughs) It looks like he's just he's going to list a lot of names. He's going to say some people saw the body and who was here last night. And also, so we know when, when the police said how many people were there, they said four. And this guy has the decency to say four and also servants who are people. <laughs> <laughs> like, but anyway, yeah, let's just turn to 352. 
three, five, two. I really want to solve this mystery one way or the other. Like I want to be very wrong uh-huh. and have Chris's nightmare happen, which apparently is like Chris's biggest fear is being told <laughs> that he's dumb by the uh, smartest fictional character in, in the world. Honestly, it's any any book, any book that's just like, oh, you stupid fuck. Oh man, I can't believe I can't believe you <laughs> fell for the clues that I laid out for you. You piece of shit. Yeah, you felt really bad when you got tricked by The Witcher too. Yeah, Chris, you gotta put you gotta stop putting so much weight on your. It's a game book that you're like you're supposed to fail it. I think it would be best to talk to Johnson, the butler, Strickland says, if you want to see him. I know he was downstairs from 8 to 30 until after the body was discovered. Uh, so we could talk to him, but we're going to do otherwise, 447. Otherwise. Classic otherwise. Mm, otherwise. Oh, I know you guys. You're the one, you guys have that podcast where you just say otherwise a lot. <laughs> Classic. Hilarious stuff. You guys are very funny. Strickland has written out a list of the witnesses and consults it now. The next witness he announces to you is Bobby Chambers, the man who found Sir Terrence's body. Will you talk to him? Sure, Walt, 515. That's a hard pass. That's a hard pass. Now, on the one hand, if we talked to everybody and made this last for longer, the police department would give us more per diems. <laughs> right, we get another lunch out of it. Well, they just gave us a guinea and they were like, this is your per diem. I hope you can solve it before you run out of money. Later, dick. The chairman looks over his list, stops to think, then nods. I think the best man for you to talk to next would be Sir George Grant, he finally says. He and Thomas Sullivan were playing chess in the room across the hall until Chambers began screaming, and they were the first members into the room after that. After they finished their game of chess? Yeah. Yeah. Or after Chambers finished his scream. Like, they weren't going to interrupt his scream. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, seems like we got everything we need to know about Sir George right there. Yeah. Probably just good at 278, yeah. Good at chess. Got it. 278. 278. Good at chess. Sealed, signed, delivered. Fuck you. We got a letter. Yeah. We got a chess master here. Not only do we know who killed uh, Sir Terrence, for sure it was John Watson, but also I've identified two potential chess grand champions. (laughs) And also murderers. Yeah. Strickland Strickland glances at his list, probably with some exasperation at this point, but obviously (laughs) has already made his decision. The next man you should talk to, please just actually talk to him. I promise this is not a waste of your time. It's Thomas Sullivan, he tells you. <laughs> he was playing chess with Sir George when the murder was discovered by Chambers. So I already know you're going to say, and then you left the room. 513. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why would we talk to Sir I put Sir together George. his whole list. It took hours. Prioritized it for you. I, I have all these like red strings connecting the suspects on a bulletin board. All right, a beautiful mind. <laughs> Strickland consults his list again, weeping, pauses to think, then nods. The next man is Lord Howard. I hope you will treat him with a courtesy his rank deserves rather than ignoring him entirely like you're going to do. Ooh. Any of the signs of rudeness commonly associated with detectives, all right, especially Sherlock, will lead to the instant termination of the interview. Instant termination of the interview, say no more. Turn to 137. (laughs) Now, part of me wants to see how far we can string along 271, but I'm... Yeah, actually, can we talk to Lord Howard and then immediately, like, cancel it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, whip our our dick out at the first opportunity? Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. 271, if you want to whip your dick out. Turn to 69. (laughs) Lord Howard immediately gives you the impression that he is fortunate to have inherited an income. Oh... Uh, real dumb, no skills, dumb, dumb boy, weak shoulders, dumb brain, bad at chess, bad at chess. Yeah. That's all you need to know. Bad at chess. Though tall and handsome with distinguished looking gray hair, the peer obviously is not the wisest man in London. Mm, Lord Howard, tall, handsome, good lips, full lips. 
Want to kiss those lips? Good hair, <laughs> gray hair, stupid eyes. Want to kiss those dull lips? Eyes. A little bit confused. Don't, don't want to kiss. Don't want to kiss somebody who doesn't know they're being kissed. Uh, pretty dumb. Pretty dumb, Lord Howard. Pretty dumb. Dumb like dog. <laughs> dumb like dog. Wouldn't, wouldn't kiss dog. Won't kiss Lord Howard. <laughs> End of interview. <laughs> Strickland's behind you, just like Jesus fucking. I yeah. paid six guineas for a taxi here. Oops, I accidentally ripped up your letter of deputization. I guess you have to get the fuck out of my club now. Wow, that was a quick day, says Mycroft Holmes. Mind if we take a look at your notes? Guaranteed we just like ate the, uh, we ate the letter first thing. They, if they want to destroy it, they have to kill us. Yeah, we are the letter now. I don't think eating the letter helps you present it to people, though. You, you put it in a sheep's stomach. Boom. Ooh. You just breathe in their face and they smell the air of authority from the crumbled up letter you've digested. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's a big dick move to try and breathe in somebody's face to assert who you are. They're, you know, they're done with it. They're done with it. Yeah. Interview over. Lord Howard ain't going to have any of it, though. <laughs> uh, he has the calm assumption of superiority, which the aristocracy often substitutes for intelligence. God. Ooh, sick burn. Yeah. Yeah, take that, aristocracy. Make way for the new aristocracy, capitalists. You doubt that he observes the details of last evening's events, but he might have a useful opinion of the late Sir Terence. Do you ask his opinion as Sir Terrence, or do you otherwise? I think we're going to otherwise. That feels like the rudest thing to do. Yeah, yeah we did not get an option to call him a dickhead, so fuck that. Yeah, we're just going to keep otherwise thing until we can call him a dickhead. You wonder if he knows anything you haven't heard about the fight between Watson and Terrence. Do you ask about the fight, uh, if you're through questioning him, or otherwise? Wait, what's the otherwise? It means ask him about something else, I guess. Oh, I see. Yeah, see what that one is. Okay, one thirty. Still haven't got the opportunity to belch in his face or anything. Mm-mm. Or call him a shithead. Yeah, whatever British. What is it that it was that's a Welshman? Clomdongers. Clomdonger. Yeah. Fucking Clomdongers. Satisfied that you have learned everything possible from Lord <laughs> Howard after introducing yourself and then just kind of looking mm-hmm. at him for 30 seconds. I'm not paying for another taxi. I'm not, going, I'm not taking you anywhere else. You thank him and he leaves the room. Turn to 137. Wasn't this his house? We're in a club. We're still in the club. Oh, okay. Chair club. He's just hanging out at the club, I guess. Shouldn't he go to his house? What? I, yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> like, not only did not only did Strickland make this list, he also summoned forth all of these people in the middle of a work day, like to come sit around and wait to be questioned. Uh, people in the Three Continents Club do not know the meaning of work day. Yeah, I think uh, that's a good it's point. either you're sitting in the, your big empty room at your factory, or you're sitting in the big room full of people <laughs> in chairs at the not factory. So. Before summoning the next witness, Strickland has Johnson bring in a light meal of apples, cheese, biscuits, and sandwiches, insisting that you need a break from the stress of questioning witnesses. <laughs> from the stress of questioning witness after witness. This is what I'm here for. That's it's hospitality, sandwiches. I mean, he's right that there's something fucking wrong with us. He's wrong that it's hunger. <laughs> Given his earlier hostility, you suspect that he is hungry himself. Ooh. Once you have eaten, he consults the list and says... Captain Edward Lawrence of the Royal Engineers is the next witness. You ignore him and turn to 380. Oh, uh, God, I've made him I've made him a list. Maybe he's just really hungry. Maybe that's what's happening here. <laughs> he's really hungry. He's too hungry to really talk to anybody. Nope. He just hoovered up the cheese and apples. And now we're, we're just he's continuing to move on again with a mouthful of cheddar cheese. You can't say the words. No, thanks. But you shake your head and he gets the idea. Next is Thomas Martin. He was in the whist game with Watson and Sir Terrence. Will you talk to him? 
Temptation is strong because we do have a whist preference. Do we have the option to ask him what the fuck whist is and how it works <laughs> and whether we can join their whist club? What if everything hinges on whist? What if it's a whist hinge? It could be a whist hinge. That's a classic Sherlock whist hinge. Yeah. yeah. Wait till the last one. Get the whist hinge. Because by now we're tired. We don't want to ask the good questions, but we're gonna because we're Sherlock. Okay, so 537. But if it doesn't seem to be whist questions, we're going to skip the go to the end part. Yeah, bye. You don't want to talk about whist? You can get the fuck out of my room. 570. Yeah. Strickland, bring me people who know about whist. Strictly whist chat. I don't work for you. (laughs) And more cheese. I don't work at all. I'm an aristocrat and I have lots of chairs. This is the worst. I hate having someone just tell me what to do with no reason that I should be following them. It's it's awful. Why are you in charge anyway? Because you happen to know somebody? Ugh. Anyway, back to being a lord. You can think of no further questions from Mr. Martin, and you thank him for his time and cooperation. It has been a pleasant talk, regardless of whether or not you spoke or he spoke. Turn to 239. (laughs) I'd like to think that in the small moments, we discussed whist. (laughs) Whist. It's cool, because if you beat Martin in whist, you get a card, a whist card that does say Martin, and (laughs) he knows a lot about (laughs) whist. It's pretty recursive. Strickland heaves a deep sigh of relief, glances at his list to confirm something, then smiles at you. You'll be pleased to know, he says, that only one more witness remains to be interviewed. He says, doing air quotes. Who is that? (laughs) You ask, standing and stretching to get rid of some stiffness. Christopher Marshall, a good friend of Dr. Watson, Strickland answers. He was in the game of whist, as you know. Yeah, we got to talk to this guy because he knows whist. And he's the one that killed Sherlock Holmes. I forget what we're doing. (laughs) (laughs) marshall comes into the room he is a man of medium height but built very powerfully with huge strong hands huge hands giant hands hands like (laughs) giant meat spiders just big hands hands could crush me don't fuck with hands hands scoop shovel hands oh gross ah the man that kills Sherlock Holmes. you say (laughs) (laughs) i admire your style kid but you'll never catch me alive (laughs) just what i took off work for this He flexes one of his hands and pushes through the wall, escaping into the night. (laughs) I think we've been in this interview scene for like half an hour real time, despite trying to fast forward through it as much as possible. So let's just end it 112 and do something else. We've made our we've made our call. We're ready. We're ready to accuse. Jacuz. You draw a deep breath, exhale, and then you and Strickland smile at each other. I appreciate your cooperation, you tell Strickland. I know it must have been a great strain for a busy man to pass an afternoon looking after an amateur detective. Honestly, it was like 15 minutes and it was it was bizarre watching you work. It's it's like watching those shows on TLC about the kids who are conjoined at the skull. Mostly, I just feel very embarrassed to have called all these people in, asked them to talk to you, and then you didn't talk to them. And I sent them home and this happened like six times. Called in a decade's worth of favors yeah. uh, to get everyone to arrive in the middle of a work day. It's like my enemies conspired to make me spend all of my social capital on nothing. That's what today was. Yeah, Mycroft is like laughing to himself uh, with this guy from the beginning of the book. They're just laughing about how they fucked over this guy. Strickland will no longer be relevant to the plot. I am the chairman now. I hope the results prove worth the effort, he replies, I guess just being nice. I like Dr. Watson, and while the evidence against him appears damning, I would be delighted if you proved that the facts can lie. Again, a weird, weird way to think about evidence and justice. Yeah. Perhaps alternative facts can help. 
Right. He he definitely did it and admitted to it, but but gosh golly, if you could find somebody from Pakistan or a poor person. Here's a gun. You could plant it on literally anyone and claim it was the murder weapon. They would just have to believe you. If only it hadn't happened in such a, a, a racist, ex- exclusionary club. If it happened on the street, it could have been anyone. You thank Strickland for his help once again and leave the three continents, tipping your hats to the doorman as you leave. On the corner facing the club, you notice a ragged-looking man with a handful of papers in his hands, offering them to other people hurrying along the street. If you stop to talk to the man, turn to 462, otherwise, into the podcast. Right? Yeah. Uh, hold on. Let me just scroll through, because I want to get to the jacuzzi, the jacuzzi part. Because I want it to be like, you make a wrong accusation, not you don't have the information, go back and try again. Yeah, let's make a, let's make a bold wrong accusation. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is great. It's going to go paragraph by paragraph and be like, if you check these clues, do the right thing. Otherwise, do the wrong thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're going to get the wrongest answer. We're going to skip through this with that intermission music we have. Turn to 540. This is it. Guys, we we got none of the evidence. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're about to find out what is the ending you get if you collect zero clues during your investigation. And like, don't even ask any real questions. After hearing every argument you could make from the evidence. Which again is nothing. <laughs> which is you, you saying like, <laughs> I don't know, Watson seems like a good suspect, right? Yep. McDonald rises and shakes his head. I'm very sorry, he says, but I cannot delay the arrest any longer on the basis of the evidence you found, which the fuck were you even doing all day, mate? I don't know why I kept listening after the first 30 minutes. You, every single time it was, <laughs> then Strickland said that I should talk to this person. <laughs> We waited there for 45 minutes in the club as they arrived at the club. You just start describing your intuitions uh, at every step of the way. Mm-hmm. And your really great light lunch of cheese and crackers. Mm-hmm. Which he smells on your breath when you walk mm-hmm. up and breathe into his face to demonstrate authority. Yep. I must arrest Dr. Watson tonight. He rises and leaves, and you follow despondently. You have failed in your investigation. You may return to the prologue and attempt the case again. All right, guys, shall we? The end. The end. Let's just go. Yeah, I think I think we really earned the ending that we got. <laughs> yeah, it was it was Watson all along. Why did he waste our time with this book? Yeah, and McDonald was just like, I have really screwed the pooch here. I picked the absolute wrong person for this. Why did Sherlock ever hang out with you at all? Did you learn anything from him? I guess not. I should have known. You just came in and started saying fat, fat, fat hands, fat neck. <laughs> And I thought, there's an investigator. There's a keen eye for detail. What's wrong with me? Am I a bad investigator? What does Mycroft do? He works for the government? Yeah. Yeah. He's a CIA spook for whatever the British version is. MI6? MI... The James Bond one? RAF? I don't know. LOL? Lloyds of London. That's what LOS is. That's what it is, yeah. Yeah, he's a Lloyds of London spook. Ah, I saw a fat detective over at the Tredevix. <laughs> oh, warehouse in London. <laughs> Man, his neck was fat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that about does it for this week's uh, adventure uh, in, the, in the foggy Victorian streets of Sherlock Holmes' London. And his body was imperfect. <laughs> uh, I heard apocryphally that Warren Zevon refuses to play that song live. I mean, he's dead, so you're not wrong. (laughs) Okay, 100%. Uh, (laughs) uh, Until next time, uh, I've I've been Ian. I've been Chris. And I've been the next Sherlock Holmes. 
like, oh my god. And until next time, uh, be sure to always choose otherwise. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch, but from The Hobbit, and it's Martin Freeman, but from The Hobbit, uh-huh. then you sort of get this weird dynamic where, like, of course he's good at solving mysteries. He's a dragon. And, like... <laughs>